history has been made for the first time in six years. Novak Djokovic has been beaten at the Australian Open. Yannick Sinner beats him in four sets in what can only be described as an incredibly entertaining match. I can't believe what I've just watched. This is the post-match analysis for that match. Before we get into all of the records that have been broken, all the stunning stats, and also talk about breaking it down tactically, please do remember to hit that like button. Do subscribe if you're new and do leave a rating review if you're listening on a podcast platform. Right, let's get into the stats then, right? So not the match stats, but more some of the intriguing little tidbits uh, after Sinner just beat Djokovic in four sets. He's the first player to beat Djokovic in the Australian Open semifinals, or finals, by the way. Ten times players have tried to beat him in the semifinals, and ten have failed previously. Djokovic winning the title ten times. Every time Djokovic has made the semifinals, he's gone on to win the title. Sinner stopping him in his tracks for the first time ever. You want to hear some other interesting stats? Well, there's some parallels between him and Djokovic. He's the youngest Australian Open men's finalist since Novak Djokovic in 2008, when Djokovic, of course, went on to win his maiden Grand Slam title. I mean, I just mentioned it, but six years, six years he was unbeaten at the Australian Open. I mean, are we being serious? Absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. And I just, I was watching it in absolute awe of Yannick Sinner because the mental strength he possessed to me was the most impressive thing during the match. Let's then talk about the match. So what I'm going to do is very briefly give like a very quick rundown of like how the match went. And then I want to talk, I want to focus on some specific things that went on in the match. So Sinner won 6-1, 6-2, 6-7, The first two sets, there's not really a huge amount to talk about in terms of uh, what went on. Uh, it's pretty simple. Djokovic made a lot of unforced errors. He was not looking himself. Sinner came out of the blocks quickly, broke him quickly. Serving really well. Djokovic's serve percentage was, was down in the first couple of sets. And the third set is when it became competitive. You know, only the one break point opportunity for Sinner in that opening Djokovic service game. Apart from that, there were no break points. Went to a tiebreaker. Sinner had a match point at 6-5 in the tiebreaker. Couldn't take it. Netted a forehand after Djokovic uh, made a first serve. So it was on Djokovic's serve. And they exchanged uh, some blows in the ad court. Backhand to backhand. Sinner tried to open up on the forehand. Made an unforced error. Fine. Djokovic went on to win at 8-6, which at the time I called, so I was happy about that, I guess. And then fourth set, 6-3 to Sinner. Sinner just kind of carried off where he left. Or kept, didn't, a lot of players would have got scared after losing that third set to Djokovic, thinking, oh, damn, he's going to come for me now. How many times has Djokovic come from two sets of love down to beat players, including Sinner himself, uh, did it at Wimbledon two years ago? But it wasn't to be. Uh, and Djokovic, uh, his level did rise a little bit in moments, but he just looked quite flat. Sinner took over and took his opportunities, was clinical in a lot of moments. And that's why he ends up coming out on top. In terms of things to focus on, there's quite a few things. And the first one we talk about is that Djokovic didn't have a single break point. Zero break points faced on Yannick Sinner's serve. It's the first time in his career... Djokovic didn't generate a breakpoint opportunity in a Grand Slam match. 
Guess how many matches that is? 417. So that's uh, incredibly, incredibly impressive from Yannick Sinner, but also disappointing if you're a Novak Djokovic fan. Now, he de definitely wasn't his best. I I'm, I'm going to say that now before we get into the rest of, of the comments and analysis. He wasn't his best by any stretch, but Sinner did play very, very well. Very well. And part of why Djokovic didn't play well was down to Sinner and the fact that he was able to make Djokovic uncomfortable. The other side of it, he just made a lot of errors. A lot of errors. And we're talking of errors, we've got the unforced error count here. I mean, this doesn't make pretty reading. So Djokovic actually hit one more winner than Sinner overall. 32 winners to 31. Fine, okay. Well, that's all right, right? But unforced error count. 54 unforced errors for Djokovic. I mean, it's not great. 28 unforced errors for Sinner. So he had a positive winner to unforced error ratio, which is which is good for Sinner. Djokovic, not great there. When we're talking about serve, so Djokovic hit a high amount of unforced errors, forehand. And why did he hit so many errors? Well, it was weird because we saw a lot of errors actually in the net by Djokovic. So he was trying to hit the ball too flat. They showed a net clearance stat and he was going really, really flat in comparison to sitting in the first couple of sets. I think he fixed it partly in the third set, but he was missing the backhand line. And some of it was down to him being a little bit rushed, but at times he he was set, he was fine, and he just he was missing it. He was just missing it. it was a lot of backhands into the net, a lot of forehands into the net, and the forehand broke down in large parts throughout the whole match. The backhand he sort of managed to figure out after a while, uh, but that was disappointing to see because he is the master when it comes to managing points you know really well and going into lockdown mode and and being able to not miss and that's what his whole a lot of his career has been built upon and obviously yes he does play a more bracking a more attacking sorry even brand of tennis nowadays but still it's something that he's able to channel when needed and yes there were opportunities uh for Sinner to step forward where he rushed Djokovic and yes Djokovic then made mistakes but those are forced errors so I'm going to assume that the unforced error count is taking into account when Djokovic should have made that shot, right? Should have made that shot. In terms of the serve, it was it was woeful in the first couple of sets, to be honest. I mean, especially that first set. I mean, it was below 50%. It was at 43% first serves in. 44% first serve points won, 42% second serve points won. I don't remember the, the last time. So actually, I do remember the last time. The last time Djokovic lost two sets or the first two sets of a Grand Slam match this convincingly, 6-1, 6-2, uh, was against Nadal in the Roland Garros final 2020 when he, uh, I think it was 6-love, six 6-2 uh, against Nadal in that final. Went on to lose it, of course, as well. But I mean, look, this isn't Nadal on clay. This is Sinner, Australian at the Australian Open, on Novak Djokovic's favorite court and favorite tournament. So that's what made it so shocking. If we then talk about the serve of Djokovic, he did pick it up. If we continue to talk about the serve, he did pick it up in the third set. He had quite a few easy holds. Um, only one break point he had to face, he saved it. So that third set was pretty solid from Djokovic, but in the fourth set, he kind of just fell away. And there was a big interruption at five all juice in the third set when unfortunately someone fainted. And that break 
to me was almost a moment of, oh, who's going to handle this better? And Djokovic, for the first point after that break, hit an ace and managed to hold. And you're thinking, wow. And then he took the tiebreaker. And I thought that was a turning point. But no, normally it would be. Normally he'd raise his level and go through the gears, but he just didn't feel like he was able to. And that was pretty... I mean, it was quite easy to identify that Djokovic wasn't able to do that. So it was a weird thing to witness, in honesty. It was definitely flat. Definitely flat. The other thing I want to say is he definitely was trying to shorten the points in a lot of instances, and maybe because he wasn't enjoying the longer rallies with Sinner. Sinner was winning the majority of those longer rallies uh, with Djokovic, and there were a few times when Djokovic was, and he was utilizing the drop shot a lot. It wasn't really working for the most part. Uh, he started coming to the net, which did work, to be fair. I think it was 75% for the whole match uh, in terms of uh, success. Uh, Sinner was even higher, actually, by the way, coming to the net. He didn't come to the net as much, but uh, he started coming to the net because he was trying to shorten the points because he was getting dragged into long physical points, which he didn't want to be involved in. And uh, if we talk about the match as a whole uh, for net points one, as we're talking about it. So for Novak Djokovic, he was at 18 out of 23. So 78%. Sin was at 15 out of 18, 83%. So pretty solid from both players, to be honest. What I'm going to say, though, is what I'm going to say is there's a few things I want to talk about here uh, when it comes to Sinner. We've talked about Djokovic, and actually, I want to finish off on Djokovic and just say that the windy conditions at the start of the match, I, I was like, ooh, who's going to favour? And, and I, I do think Djokovic at times can struggle with windy conditions, but it didn't look like it was affecting either player, and I didn't really see m many signs of it affecting either player during the match, to be honest. And Either the wind died down, or it just wasn't a factor. The day conditions, though, was that a factor potentially? Because Djokovic is definitely better playing in the evening. There's, there's no doubt. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, the heat could have got to him. It wasn't particularly hot in Melbourne, in honesty. It, it wasn't. It was pretty... It was actually pretty cool. I think it was 21 degrees, 22 degrees. So, yeah, so I'm not sure if the daytime conditions had much of an effect. But either way, it, it just wasn't wasn't a good look for Djokovic um, during the match. He seemed to be struggling with something. Uh, and I don't think it was physical in, the, in terms of an injury, like the wrist injury. I just think throughout the whole tournament, he hasn't looked his best. And normally when it comes to the quarterfinals, semifinals or finals, he, he picks up his level when needed. He just wasn't able to do that. Uh, is it a question of father time and and the, the changing of the guard? It, it what very well could be because this is unprecedented in terms of him being beaten at the Australian Open. Of course, the Wimbledon lost to Alcaraz in the final there as well. I think things are starting to happen. I'm not saying that it's definitive and that's it, Djokovic is done, not by any stretch, but it does seem like it could be a Federer-Sampras moment from 2001 and Wimbledon when it was the changing of the guard and that's it. The new crop started to start winning. Uh, the big, big titles. And I feel like that is going to happen. Uh, and obviously, we're going to have a, an Australian Open winner. Oh, Sinner, Medvedev, or Zverev. So there's a two out of three uh, chance that is going to be a new winner. And I think Sinner will win it, by the way, no matter who comes through that. In terms of Sinner, I was very impressed with quite a few things. Uh, first of all, his ability to be clinical in the moments. 
I know overall he did squander a few breakpoint opportunities, but he didn't let it get him down. He converted them when needed. Five out of 11, so not the best conversion rate, but you're playing someone in Novak Djokovic who's incredibly good at being able to save breakpoints. So that was impressive from Yannick Sinner. And on top of that, the serve was good. I thought the serve was good. Nine aces and 58% of first serves made. So not incredibly high, but look at the first serve and second serve points. One, 83% and 63%. That's... Those are good stats. Those are good stats. And he needed to serve well against Djokovic. And he did no break points, obviously, as I said, uh, to save. Uh, and the biggest thing for me was that ad court exchange, which I talked about in my preview. And I pointed out as the biggest factor on how to win this match. Whoever, whoever dominates it will win it. And Sinner did dominate it. He did dominate it because they got into a lot of those rallies. And then Sinner, uh, Sinner kept on trying to pummel Djokovic's ad corner side at times and then Sinner was pretty consistent in those rallies. Djokovic would try and change direction and go line and he missed a lot of backhands into the net or he might go line but actually he wasn't. He started going more central because he realized he wasn't able to get the width on that backhand line. Sinner would then get there and then the forehand cross court was causing a lot of damage for Djokovic in honesty and uh, yes, for Djokovic and against Djokovic, to be fair, Djokovic had a lot of success on the forehand cross court when he was hitting it cleanly and consistently. Uh, but for Sinner, it had, especially on the front foot, he was causing a lot of discomfort for Djokovic uh, with that forehand. Uh, a lot of clever angles as well found with a, a bit more coverage and spin to try and drag out Djokovic. That was very clever from Sinner to then come in. Uh, with that forehand on the line, or we'll go behind Djokovic. Uh, so very intelligent play from Sinner. And yeah, he just looked rushed a lot of the time, Djokovic. A lot of pace with the court from Sinner. Uh, there were there were times when it was like a deep ball down the middle from Sinner. And then Djokovic looked like he was just completely rushed and looked very awkward trying to hit the forehand. And he'd, he'd net a lot of ground strokes because of it. So look, Sinner was very, very impressive. Very, very impressive. And the most impressive thing for me was the fact that he had that match point. He put it behind him and then won the fourth set and served it out. And served it out pretty convincingly. He had a double fault. That was one shaky moment. And Djokovic, you could tell, was, was trying to get back in there at 5-3. Uh, but in the end, Sinner was just was clutch. An ace as well and, and some clutch points uh, coming forward. Uh, look, I mean... The kid can play. The kid can play. Since the Australian Open last year, Sinner is 12-4 and four in terms of winter-loss versus top 10 players. So that kind of says it all. Uh, and just to finish off, when I talk about mentality, I want to highlight that with the comment that he made after the Rublev win, I think it was, where he said, I love the pressure points. That's what I love most about tennis. Uh, and that's what really kind of gets him going. He wants to compete in those points. And uh, he's a gladiator, really. And so is Djokovic. And for me, Sinner saying that he loves those pressure points and that's what he really lives for is a testament to him. And he showed it today against Novak Djokovic. So fantastic win for him. Let's see how he gets on in the final. Let me know in the comment section below your thoughts on the match as well. Thank you very much, guys. Stay safe and well. We'll see you in the next video.